the Loud Sports Show. Both teams play hard. I'm a man. I'm 40. Both teams play hard. What? Both teams play hard. I'm sorry, Fiesta. Both teams play hard. Diddly. Poo. God bless and good night. Send it in, Jerome. Welcome back to episode number 23 of the Loud Sports Show. Live, not so live, from the Baldi's Podcast Network studio. As always, I am Justin. He is Anthony. I want to talk about the National College Championship game last week. You went in. I want to talk about the Masters, but literally, as we hit record, the New England Patriots, tragically, tragically. have cut ways. It's crazy. Parted ways. Guy hasn't been healthy in two seasons. Guy hasn't been healthy for a while, but a, a player near and dear to our heart, you'd say almost second to only one, Thomas Brady. Not near and dear over to Over the last heart. 10, 15 years. Couldn't care less about him. One Julian Edelman. Bye. Has been... Cut. Time served. See you later. Released. Waved. Nikhil Harry needs Thanks targets. for his services. Future endeavored. Sent a packing. What? I gotta admit, I'm a little stunned, man. Well, How are you stunned? This doesn't make because with all the How moves they with all the moves they made this offseason, I thought at least he would come back and and at least try to be, I don't know, maybe a mentor. Or just nope. a, a kind of one of those veterans who fit in and maybe nope. contributed something to the team. Nope. Tired of paying for his bum duties. knees. That's what it is. But I don't want to pay for his bum knees anymore. He wasn't around last year at all for, I think, maybe four or five games. I would know because I had him on my fantasy team, and he really let me down. It's for video purposes. Oh. <laughs> I'm spying on you, my extra iPhone. Uh, I just I, – I, I don't even know what to say. I guess uh, – You're taking this way too hard. Because you know what's going to happen. That's why. Because he's just going to go down to Tampa Bay. Who cares? That's why. And, and it kind of stinks. That's why. It's kind of – now Now it's really – They don't want to pay Antonio Brown right now, it seems. You think they want to give Julian Edelman some money? I nope. think Julian Edelman's at the point where he'll take $2 million to go ride that. You don't think Julian Edelman will take a massive he'll, – he'll take whatever you want to give him. How many pass catches are you going to line up out there between Evans, Godwin, Howard, Bray? And I'm Gronk. Like I, what? Uh, what? Like, like I Scotty said, Miller. They already got a guy down there. Something tells me I know exactly who's going to be wearing number 11 for Tampa Bay this season. And it kind of stings a little. I think now it's officially the end of an era. Like, with Julie, with Jules still on the team, you still have the kind of – You still Hightower have players still on the there. team. Hightower was still there. He didn't play last year, so it's kind of easy to forget about. And so is McCordy. But these guys – I should say this. As far as the offense goes – it's totally that's it. Gronk, Edelman, Brady, everybody gone. You saw you saw all the money they spent in free agency. It wasn't going to be the same offense anyway. So what does it matter? I guess it's just like I said. It it, it took me by twenty one personnel. Here we come. Or is it twenty two? Whatever it <laughs> is, way. two tight ends. They're running that out there. They don't need Julian Edelman. They I mean, need two guys on the outside, and he doesn't do either of those things. They signed Nelson Aguilar in the offseason. Uh, I, I think they're going to be in a position now that they're going to have to bring in at least another guy now to to compete over there because. Uh, uh, to be honest with you, right now my memory isn't even. I'm I'm, I'm a little stunned. I couldn't believe that. To be honest with you, that that, go, that is not the news I expected. Golden Tate or something. Uh, uh, hey, I, I would not mind a little little Golden Tate signing. He's out there. He hasn't been the the pitcher of help himself over the last couple seasons, um, but he would definitely help uh, in the slot, out of the slot, be able to contribute somehow, some way. It's just, whew, that was crazy, man. That was crazy. We'll see. We'll see what happens with Jules currently in the coming season. I don't want to speculate. So, like it I sounds said. like you lost a friend. This no, is ridiculous. I, I don't lose a friend. I just said, like I said, that's the last thing I expected to see was Julian Edelman wasn't going to be in the Patriots this well, year. He wasn't going to be there forever. So what do you? What does it matter? I, Guys, come and go. Uh, I guess. Uh, you know what? For some reason, I thought he might retire there, but you know what? Nobody, nobody gets that. Well, uh, he might retire, just not being paid to do so <laughs> by that team anyway. Yeah. Oy vey. All right, well, let's get back to, to what I do want to talk about. Um, we did talk, last week's episode, we closed with a couple things that happened randomly. Sam Donald got traded to uh, to the Panthers at the sure end of the did. show. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but one big thing that happened, Baylor completely upset. We talked about it. We thought it might happen. And uh, you pulled the trigger on that, did you? Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did, baby. Yeah. We got Baylor down the pay window over there. Baylor with a huge upset over Gonzaga, stops the undefeated season. And uh, that was a huge win for those guys. I know it's been a week already. But I did want to bring it up just because that was a huge upset, and and you did you did talk about maybe going down there and make a little wager, and uh, it seemed to be paying off for you. And it was one of those things where you watched it and you knew from the jump what kind of game it was going to be because they got out to that boat Early race lead, and yeah. they just never looked back. I think what the closest they get at some point maybe after nine, right? yeah, nine eight points, so whatever. That's bad, man. Bad. I mean, shout out to Gonzaga. It was a hell of a season, but like we talked about, it was going to be hard to come back from that that game against UCLA. 
it's emotional draining, man, for these kids. It's a lot of pressure on them. And then to come back two nights later, play for the national championship with an undefeated season on the line, it, it's not an easy task. These are kids, 18, 19-year-old, 20-year-old kids out there. It's easy if you smoke the competition in the game before. Ask I Bama. Guess, yeah, That's yeah. what I mean. <laughs> Go out there and handle business the game before. Get a nice rest. Yeah, a lot of confidence. Those two guys had had couldn't have had more opposite games before that championship game in the final there. Uh, Baylor, like you said, handled Houston. Everyone thought Houston's defense was on point. Baylor showed those last two games that they had the defense to beat. Um, they came out handled Houston. And not to say they, they lounged, but that was a little bit of a boring game. And then UCLA comes out of nowhere and surprises everybody and gives Gonzaga a run for their money, which no one saw coming. And, and like I said, that. I believe that's what ends up costing Gonzaga in the national championship is having that tough game against UCLA the, the two nights before. Um, really taxing, wearing on them, putting the pressure on them. But uh, hats off to Baylor, though. No one, no one would have saw that coming. It was a crazy year. It was one of those tournaments where you knew anybody could kind of came out of it if they got hot. And, uh, hey, man, Baylor's that team at the, at the end, Final Four, Sweet 16. They were able to pull it out. So congrats to those guys. And congrats to me. <laughs> and congrats to you. Absolutely. That's right. The other thing I wanted to talk about that happened yesterday, which there was a lot of sports on, man. The last couple of days, Let's it's been do this. what? I don't want to. It's still fresh. Hey, it's still we, raw, hey, man. It was. I'm not a huge golf guy, but if you're watching the Masters yesterday, you notice the thing that caught my eye was the leader was it Matsuyama. Matsuyama is leading, but I'm like, he's leading, but his score is not really going up at all. Lord, now no, it was, kinda, it was, it was, that minus was twelve for a while. Yeah, but he was taking off a little bit over there, and then he kind of came back down and. He made it so that guys could potentially come and catch him, but he, you know. Well, either he left the door open, is my point. And then, uh, your boy, what's his name over there? I had to Xander Shoffley is over there is, doing uh, everything to create heart attacks on the comeback trail. You know, Shoffley was he? He, he was. He saw the door open. Seven strokes, I think he was down. The guy goes four birdies. So I'm watching up the, up the leaderboard, giving all kinds comes. of hope That's after I had, after I had all but given up, looking up. This guy's four birdies in. He's two back. Previous hole, I'm watching Matsuyama put it in the drink. I'm like, oh, boy, here comes the meltdown. Nah, the meltdown came on my side because as soon as that happened, Shoffley was like, you got water, I got more water. And just, ah, triple bogey 16. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. It seemed like, I was telling you before, it seemed like someone came up to that hole and was like, hey, you know you're only down two, right? <laughs> like, like nah, right before you, he was going to shoot. If you, if like, you look at oh, what shoot, everything oh, he shoot. said today or everything you read today about it or if you listen to it after the fact, like he was very well aware of where he was and what he needed to do. And he said he took a shot. And guess what? That shot sucked. Big choke. And uh, <laughs> it cost him <laughs> what do you two say, strokes. Big choke? What do you say? And it cost me everything. So... What are you gonna do? It couldn't. It, hey, but you know what? I, I don't even want to just put it just on Shoffley because Shoffley was the guy who was up there and you know missed the one shot. I also had Morikawa. I had Caden Cameron Smith. These guys were just letdowns from the from the jump, but sticking around to make the cut just to tease people. There was a lot of bad golf yesterday, but I will put this one on Shoffley because not only did he put it in the drink, then on his next shot he puts it into some guy's lap. Okay, so well at that point I think he knew <laughs> so it was kind of over. So, I mean, any hope of and redemption, he just, he just had to put it over, make sure he didn't go back in the water. Yeah, and he didn't. He ended up in some guys' cup of, of Fritos, I think. Yeah, well, you know what I mean? So it was just like two back-to-back plays. You, you cheer for the you guy don't even all get time. a souvenir when it comes out of bounds in the front row. Nothing, nothing. It was it was a hell of a choke job. You thought, like I said, you thought Matsuyama was going to crumble. You're like, I'm watching the golf game. I'm like, who's going to crumble first? And then Shoffley was like, hold on. I'm gonna one up this guy. I got I got a lot of I'm not I forgot what the word I'm I walked dr- around the corner and then saw like away from the TV and then when I was coming back I just saw a ball rocketing across the green and end up in the water and He's I have no rolling. idea and then I saw it was Matsuyama's and the excitement that built within me <laughs> was quickly just deflated and pulled right back out on the next tee. So your boy Shoffley was out there melting like butter. Well, what are you gonna that, do? That's why that's the one I used to say. I was like, this guy's out here melting like butter. He tried. He tried, and he. But God damn it, he should have put it on the other side of the green like everybody else. I mean, there's a reason why everyone else is doing it, you know? I mean, just. He was two strokes back with three to play. You got to think if Matsuyama keeps playing the way he was playing, he's not going to catch him, so he's got to do something. But Jesus, come on, put a little more oomph into that one. Go a club up or something. I don't know. I'm not the professional golfer here, but you got to make sure you at least. The way he hit it the second time is the way he should have hit it the first time if he was going to do that. True, true. And it literally ended up costing him the Masters. That's what I was afraid of. I was like, at the end of this, he's going to look back, and he's going to be like, those three shots, 
I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I'm it's, ha- hard it's hard to say that, that that's what cost it cost him the actual masters because who knows hindsight how it goes down after the fact like yeah if he doesn't drop those three strokes maybe he stays at 10 under maybe Matsuyama hits that 10 under maybe there's a playoff but who knows how he could have just if I'm Matsuyama and I hit that 18 green and I know I can two putt I don't give a goddamn what's going on and I'm just gonna tap it closer and then tap it in so but you don't think part of it was Matsuyama was like he he went to the drink he sweated a little bit then he was like Oh, this guy's a pile of a rubble over here. I don't have to worry about this guy. I don't know if he knew he was a pile of rubble because Zalatoris was still there at nine true. under, so he still had to make these putts at the end of it. He would have just been more pressure, and he could have possibly been in a playoff, but, you know. He was hitting some bad shots too, Zalatoris. God. It was tough. It was some bad. Yeah, it was, that was, that was bad. That was, that was, was just, I mean, that's a hard course, but uh, ah. Shoffley, there was, there was so much hope. And just oh gosh, you know that's the, that was tough. I'm sure it's tougher for him to swallow than it is for me to swallow. The, the, so that's gonna be a high one for him to go back, rewatch, and just live with. I mean, He's, you burn that tape. Yeah, you just never talk about it in his household, ever, ever again. Uh, let's just get out the way. We talked about quickly. Sam Darnold got traded. We talked about it quickly because it happened as we ended uh, last week's show. Sam Darnold got traded to the Panthers. We talked last week about the draft. I think it's going to change the draft entirely, man, to be honest with you. I think now the Panthers, they can either trade that pick, they can draft the offensive tackle. But more importantly, I think as Sam Darnold. they don't take a cornerback, I don't give a damn. Because <laughs> you want them corners. God, I want And now I, gotta, oh, we'll, I guess we'll get to it. But, I, yeah, whatever. Go ahead. I just think Sam Darnold, this is going to be a really good opportunity for him. Uh, Matt Rule did a pretty good job last year. They lost a bunch of games by single-digit points last year. With uh, Teddy Bridgewater at the helm, you can really see the improvements. Yeah, they lost Curtis Samuel, but with another high top ten draft pick, then bringing in uh, Donald, I think maybe the Carolina Panthers. That division, it's going to be in flux with. Uh, yeah, but that defense is going to be shit. You think so? Yes. Yeah, I mean, you never know, man. You never know. Here's the thing. The thing, the thing is, I, I like the trade. I think it's abysmal. Number one, that the best the Jets could get was a second rounder next Tragedy. year. Like that's that's ridiculous. They got a second next year, a fourth. Yeah, but I mean, like the sixth. main piece of it yeah. is that second rounder next year. Like that's right. all a twenty. Kyle Trask is twenty three, and he's coming out of this year. And we've watched Adam Gase ruin one quarterback who's currently starting in Tennessee, and the Dolphins are still looking for their quarterback. I don't want to hear this Tua thing anymore. They're looking, and now we're gonna do it again with Darnold and. Just to bring in Zach Wilson, what? So we can reset the clock. And the thing that's crazy about it is, wasn't Matt Rule and whoever the new GM is in Carolina, they just took over last year, right? So they chose Teddy Bridgewater, gave him all this money, and then were just like, yeah, it's a bad deal. Just that quick, that fast. They chose Teddy Bridgewater over what they had. And then I think they realized that, like, to be honest with you, they just need an upgrade. They realized that they had a quarterback that was – Closer to the bottom 15 stars in the league than the top 15 stars in the league. And you got to do better than that in that division. Let me, but let me ask you this. Wouldn't you, if, if you thought that this was even a possibility you could move on from him in one year, wouldn't you rather have just redone the Cam Newton thing as, as he was a Panther in one, on a one-year deal like he did in New England, essentially? And if he was the abysmal nature he was this year? Get a better draft pick. See, I agree with that, except for what you said first. They brought in Matt Rule, a new general manager last year, and I think they just had to get rid of everything from the past. Like having Cam there wouldn't have had. Yeah, but I'm talking on a one year deal because now you've essentially you signed Teddy Bridgewater to a three year, sixty three million dollar deal. You're one year in, and you're like, yeah, this ain't gonna work. It's like, what? Huh? I mean, yes, but the good news is, and here's why I kind of find the genius in the deal, to be honest with you. He also didn't have his biggest offensive weapon for most of the season. True, true. But the genius I find in it is that you would think that, okay, let's just say hypothetically. Hypothetically, I want to make it very clear. Sam Donald is going traded for a second-round pick next year, a fourth and a sixth-round pick, right? Yeah. You would think that if you're going to trade Teddy Bridgewater now, you would at least be able to get a fourth and a sixth-round pick for him, right? Yeah, but the problem, the problem, yeah, I guess you could say that. But the At thing least, is, I'm who's saying hypothetically, take, you know what I'm saying? Who's taking that salary? Well, for That's one, a twenty million dollar backup quarterback. I, I would have gave you two teams that he could have started on, except for one of those teams has already made a drastic mistake in already handing over their starting quarterback job to one Andy Dalton. 
So I will take. Hey, the, good for him though. Get that check. I mean, get good, that job. Uh, absolutely. I don't know what he showed in Dallas to get that done. <laughs> I don't what know what kind of pictures he's got on somebody. Anything. Uh, wow. But good for Andy. Good for Andy and the Dalton family. Bad for Bears and their fans though. Oh, it's just a rotating door of bad quarterbacks for Chicago. And that's why I feel I'm like. I'm sad to see Mitch go, though. I really uh, am. Poor I mean, Mitch. I just want someone to go in there and be able to give him, I don't know, 4,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, and let's just say less than 15. To, You're going to have to wait a year for that one. I mean? Less than 15 picks, I mean. I'm going to have to wait uh, three years for that one, it appears. Well, I don't know about three, but it's definitely not coming with Andy Dalton. Definitely 4, not. 4,000 yards? No, no way. But um, uh, uh, the Bears and the Broncos would be the two teams that I would have thought, because um, uh, let's face it, I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm not a huge Drew Locke guy, and he hasn't shown me anything aside for some cheesy dance moves um, in the NFL to make me believe that he belongs uh, quarterbacking an NFL team. So, okay, so again, here's another guy, young guy, second-round pick, second round pick, right? you got to give him a chance. Last year, no Cortland Sutton, no Von Miller on the defense. Like, you know – the only way to find out if these guys work is to actually give them opportunities. And when you just want to just rip it away all the time, it's like, how are you ever going to know? Now, like, I guess I can say that in the sense of, like, I had Romo. Romo got hurt. We had Prescott as a draft pick and a backup. We had to put a quarterback on the field. He goes. He shows up. He excels. Okay, great. That doesn't happen. Same thing with the Patriots or the Drew Bletts or the Tom Brady thing. Right. So it happens sometimes. But when you invest a second-round pick in a quarterback, you've at least, I would think, give him two years if somehow he becomes the t- the starting quarterback. Like two years of actually being in the offense and actually dealing with the weapons you're trying to put around him. Unless I agree with you. Drew Rock was a highly touted prospect. I, I and then, agree, and then he fell off a cliff. So I, agree. So I was gonna say that, but he also fell on draft day. And I think the other thing is, though, unless you have him in your building for a year and a half, two years, and you just watch his habits, the way he practices, the way he throws the ball, the way he runs the team, the way he quarterbacks an NFL team. And if you look at that, and you just here's the thing, don't I, see it. I want to see one more year out of Drew Lock. I think this is a make or break year for him. Literally, I think as a second round pick, it might be. You know, either extension or lame duckness next year. But I, I like what Denver's doing. I like the talent they have around him. So this is the year he's got to show up. And this is the – I mean, they did him no favors with, you know, Gordon was in and out. Lindsey was in and out in the backfield. The but line's they have, not – They have line. plenty of talent, though. Yeah, they have plenty of talent at the pass-catching position. But I don't think the two back line is back. what they wanted it to be. But again, like of I said, course. this this is this will be the year that you figure out if Drew Locke's the guy going forward or not. But honestly, I I can see Denver saying to themselves, yes, they have Melvin Gordon. They also have Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Noah Fant, a bunch of young pass catchers. And in order to get the most out of those guys, two of those guys were rookies. Noah Fant had a banged up rookie season, and there was no Colton Sutton there last year. Sometimes and you and just turn Colton a chicken, Hold on. chicken and, salad out of chicken shit. No, but and I've got Colton Sutton, to be honest with you. When you have weapons like that, is Drew Locke, the third-year quarterback, the best guy to get the most out of those guys? Or is a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who's been in the league for six or seven years now, would you rather have a guy like that under center thrown to those guys and help me develop those No, brands? because I want to know what That's Drew all I'm trying to say. I know what Teddy Bridgewater is at this point, and I need to know if Drew Locke can be the guy going forward. And you have to give him a full year, a I full guess. year of healthy compliments. You can't just look at a guy and be like, hey, you didn't have a guy. Because if another quarterback comes in there and steps in with those weapons, he's playing with those weapons that Drew Locke did not get to completely play with. And they're like, see, this is what the offense could have been. But it's like the no, guy's got to get a you. shot. So you give him this year. Maybe you give him eight games. I don't know. I don't care. But if you at some point want to put him out there, you've got to at least let him try to be the starting quarterback. My, my only point is that's what's best for Drew Locke. Is that what's best for Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Ken Hamill, uh, KJ Hamler, and Noah Fant? That, that's what I'm trying to say is, yes, for, Noah, uh, for Drew Locke, it's best for him to go out there and have another opportunity. But for the other guys on the team, is it best for them to, to do you really let think Drew Locke Teddy figure it out? Bridgewater is going to be a better option. He's an I older, mean, more injury-prone quarterback. 
No, let's see if the young kids got something. I guess. We know year. what Teddy Bridgewater is. All right, so so if you if you had to guess right now, where do you think Teddy Bridgewater will go? He's he's the next quarterback kind of on the carousel now. Sam Donald's landed in Carolina. He might as well um, just saddle up and grab the clipboard in Carolina, I guess. You I, think so? Who's taking a $20 million backup? I, I mean, I told you, you don't think Denver will? I'm just going through my head real quick. I mean, there doesn't seem to be a lot of teams. Yeah, you say they could. I don't have the cap space in front of me, so I don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, I can look it up, but like, do they want to commit no. twenty million dollars to their backup quarterback just so they can be in the same predicament possibly as Carolina was, where it's like, oh, he played really well. Do we keep him? Do we extend him? Like, no. Like, you, you don't want to do that. Maybe figure he, out if you need to keep or extend Drew Locke first. Maybe his plan is is to now just wait for the inevitable Jameis meltdown. And That's not just, happening. And then not just happening. request a trade. That's not happening. Back to New Orleans. Carolina's not training him in the down division. down in. You never, that, that's, hey, stranger things have happened, right? Strange things have happened. Um, let's move on to some NBA. Unless there's anything else about the draft you want to talk about. We, we, we finally got some shiny new draft magazines in here. I was able to find some at the magazine store. So, Yo, uh, I saw one on Amazon. Someone was like $40. I was like, what? It was it one of these? Because I saw mine for $40. <laughs> I'll go post. There's a couple more over there. I'll go no, post don't go these. 40. Go 35. Right, undercut exactly. It. It's Undercutter's Pizza over here. This freaking, uh, what, what day is the draft? That's what I was going to say. The 29th? The 29th. That's what uh, today is the 12th. April 29th. Oof. We are like two and a half weeks away. Yeah, we're close. But again, we do this one round bullshit on Thursday, two rounds on Friday. Like, yeah, milk it. Milk I it think the teams out. like it, but. It's not good. It's not a good viewing product. Never mind the fact that it's literally a five-hour event. The yeah. way they make it uh, last, they they drag it out way too much. Way too much commercials. Way too much video packages. Just give me the picks. Give me the picks. Well, I mean, it. at this point, can we just can we literally just start at four? Do we do we have to put I agree. the Jaguars, Jets, and the 49ers on the clock? Oh, I, I thought I you meant to start like four p.m. No, 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 no. I, I want to start well, at pick four. I want to, I want to just yeah. put Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, tell Zach Wilson to just head to New York, and whoever San Francisco is, call him up, let him know, and just get him, you know what I mean? Like, what are we doing? The, I heard one person. I heard one person say, "I can't even remember what it was on." They were like, "Oh, well, you've waited this long. See if someone throws the kitchen sink at you." And guess what? The kitchen sink is not enough to right. for Jacksonville to trade that pick. If the Jets moved on from Sam Donald at this point, they're not coming off that pick. And if San Francisco moved up, they're not coming back out of it. What what, what are we doing? Hypothetically, just because you said it, what do you think it would take for someone to get the number one pick in this draft to select Trevor Lawrence? There's not enough. There's nothing. Not There's four first-round picks? No, nothing. No, there's, not, there's nothing four in this. Four first-round picks. There's nothing, that, not a damn thing that anyone's going to call up Jacksonville and be like, hey, we could be like, we'll give you the next 10 first-round picks we have. They're not doing it. That's the reason Urban Meyer is there. There's no – what? They're, they'll lose the number one pick and a coach in one day if they make that deal. So you mean to tell me that if no one called up and was like, we'll give you four first-round picks, you wouldn't even consider it? I think they hang up. Yeah, I think that's the right move. <laughs> like, why, why are they yeah, going to listen? Right move, to like, I just told you, you could offer them 10. They're not going to do it. I think we would just – and the reason I bring it up is honestly just because we talk about quarterbacks. I think the other shoe to drop will eventually be poor Gardner Minshew. He fought so hard down there Great in new hair. Great new Great hair. Great new hair, but now he's just getting – He's left, being left for the forgotten. I think someone will eventually, he'll he'll find his way back on somebody's roster, and hopefully he'll be letting up locker rooms and hearts of fans across America soon again. But uh, yeah, we're gonna have to put our Gardner Minshew love away for a little while. A little Trevor Lawrence love. Minshew mania officially dead. Yeah, <laughs> just just for now. We we saw the the departing of Bortle service. We've seen Minshew mania now fade there in Jacksonville, and now it's time to dawn a new era out there. <laughs> <laughs> the fun, the funny part about that is, as much as Bortle Service and Minshew Mania, they're really just jokes. Right. They're jokes that catch on. So, like, now they might get a real quarterback, and it's like, ah, the joke's over. Yeah, I know. People are like, <laughs> so like, you know, it was it was great. It was great while it lasted. All right, let's let's uh, let's talk about some NBA we can get out of here uh, relatively early. The Celtics, man. I don't know if you've been paying attention. The they Eastern, suck. Dude, all right. You all always, right. You they, hater they in the house. suck. Hater okay. in the house. Holy crap. They just handled Denver last night. They're on a three-game win streak. They handled Denver. Was that the Tatum 50-point game in overtime? It, w- it was not, actually. Like, See? Get out of here. This guy's going to put up I'm talking 50? about. That game, actually, I said the same thing. I was like, 
a lot of people were excited about that game. I was texting Aaron's cousin the next day. Oh, that was Memphis, right? No, it's Minnesota. Uh, Try again. Want one <laughs> bad team after bad team. But but a lot part of me was just like, yeah, that's impressive. Damn, you needed fifty in overtime to beat Minnesota. Fifty three. That's tough to be. That's exact, tough, sir. That's tough because you know why? Minnesota sucks too. Part of me like watched that game and I was like, yeah, I remember watching uh, Kobe Bryant jack up a bunch of shots uh, back in the nineties. I remember Allen Iverson taking like forty five shots and uh, we didn't really like that. How many did you take in that game? How many <laughs> I, shots? I don't know. I, for that game, I don't know. I have stats for yesterday's game. I don't know how many, how many shots took in that game. But my point is, first of all, the 53 points going overtime was kind of kind of ridiculous. He really seems to learn how to stop making other players better, I think. Uh, I, I'm not getting mad. I, I love the three-game win streak. Like I said, I think they've gone 3-1 and one in the last four games. Uh, since last time we had a show, I want to say they've gone 3-1 and one is their record. So, I mean, they're, they're trying to put something together. They're trying to... They're trying to slowly get it together here. Like I said, they, they beat Denver. Whoever one thought has as Jokic basically tabbed for the MVP, uh, and Denver is one of the top three or four teams in the league. But I, I, not to say I'm worried about them. I, I just I, I'm a little cautious. Fifty-three points on sixteen to twenty-five is pretty actually is pretty efficient. I will get, I will say that. All right, I didn't realize it was that efficient. To be honest with you, I actually fell asleep for a lot of that game. I woke up was pretty surprised, but it it just worried me when I saw fifty-three points and I was like, "We're going to overtime." And he already had like forty something. I was just like, Zach Levine had thirty-nine points at halftime the other night. Finished with fifty-two. I want to say, and I think they lost the game. So I, you know what? Who cares? That's kind of tough. My point, though, in the East Conference, we talked last week about how everyone was kind what, of... What's tough, that he finished with 52 or if he had 39 at halftime and possibly only scored another 14? That part, the Which one? Because they're both awful. The fact, No, if you put up 39 points in the first half, that's pretty impressive. If you can only get 15 more, that says something... Who else do they have on that team? How How is, uh, how is it working out there with Vooch? Hey, man, Vooch is... Uh, he's here. Uh, <laughs> not, not as advertised. Yeah, I mean, I think it took him. I think they didn't win. That took him like their fifth game with him to win one. Tough sledding. But at the same time, the same he comes through the door and Zach Levine's like, "Yeah, this knee thing is a little problematic." Or he's either near his ankle. And next thing I know, he was down for a couple games. Not many. I think he missed like two games. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. Kobe honestly. White was out. Pro- protocols. Vooch is good, but it's one of those things where it's like, no offense, he's been the number one option on a team for the last like five or six years, and all of a sudden. He's gonna watch Zach Levine run around and do his thing. It's uh it's a little weird. But my whole point is the Celtics have won three games in a row, but unfortunately, while that's giving them a twenty eight and twenty six record, everybody else has won games too. With the exception of the Hornets, um, the teams that are in four through the ninth position right now, all on at least two game winning streaks. The Hawks have won two games in a row, Heat two games in a row, Hornets lost, uh, I think the last night they lost. Uh, but the Knicks, Pacers, not your Bulls. Your Bulls are actually on a two-game losing streak. Yeah, they're not good. Everyone's. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened either, especially, like I said, when everyone else won, and then all of a sudden. I'll t- tell you what, but this goes back to the thing I told you last week. Unless there is uh, a Philly, Milwaukee, or Brooklyn, just who cares about the Eastern Conference? Those are the only three teams that matter. The rest are all just in the tank. I don't think so, man. I think, and this is what I was trying to tell you. I've been trying Stop to tell you. It. I think the Celtics and the Heat, oh, man. Man, they're both not doing anything. They just beat Denver last night. I don't care. How can you say that? Denver is 34 and 19 right now. If Denver was in the Eastern Conference, they would be, they would be the third team in the East. Okay, but what games did they have before that when you say that? What like were they on the have? second night of a back to back? Were they on three out of four nights? Listen, like I'm not that prepared. Were they on? Were they on a road <laughs> swing? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, don't give me that nonsense. All I'm saying is for you to think that the Celtics don't have any chance of winning a first round series, and I'm gonna stay with this all year. If you don't think the Celtics, first of all, the playing game's not gonna count, dude. I was just gonna say the Celtics belong being the four seed. And you're talking about these guys being in the playing game. I'm just saying. Come on, man. Come on. Like I said, they won three games in a row. They have Tatum scoring. Out of all the other play uh, teams in the East Conference, nobody has a player like Jason Tatum coming. Okay, nobody. The Heat. The, the what, are you, what are you talking about? Nobody has a player like Jason Tatum uh, out of all the Eastern Conference teams. No, I'm saying the, the teams like in that four through nine range, like the Heat, the pa- the Pacers. Listen, the Jason Knicks. Tatum's not as good, but he's not. Take over a game, Jason Tatum. He should be those my but point. He's that, not. That's what I'm getting at. Is and they should be they should be higher than the Hawks, the Heat, the Hornets, all these teams. So for me to think that they should be a four or five seed 
isn't unreasonable. They're starting to play a little bit better. Hopefully, Tatum doesn't start just being so one-dimensional, can get these other guys involved. And Kemba Walker, man, they, they're going to have to go as far as Kemba Walker can be an excellent third wheel for this team. And hopefully he can pick up some more slack and go into the playoffs. Um, I'm really curious this week to see what happens, well, I should say this week, in the next coming weeks, I should say this month, because it was reported this week that Anthony Davis and LeBron will both be back in the next two or three weeks. Uh, do you think they're coming back just in time to get some playoff practice in or for the Space Jam debut? Because <laughs> that's, that's all I could have thought of, to be honest with you. I don't even know when the Space Jam is supposed to. I was like, oh, these dudes. I think it's not till after the season's over, though. But I don't, they, I don't know, man. All, I think it's coming out in a couple jokes, months. Jokes aside on that one, it doesn't matter. Like they'll be back, they'll be fine. The, the Lakers, the the shorthanded Lakers blasted the Nets on Sunday. So, you know. And Andre Drummond looks like an actual viable player. The, the, um, is it not fair? It's not It's not fair. What, the bully ball of Andre Drummond? Drummond can just go to the Lakers like that, man. Like, that's just, uh, come on. Like all, you said, he just, he just walked onto the team, bro. Yeah, but who, whose fault is that? I mean, that's a, that's a long conversation. It's, no, no, it's that's, nobody... there's only one team responsible for that. Cleveland could trade There them, you go. The Cleveland Cavaliers were like, we're going to try and get something for you. Go sit home. Hey, guess what? When everybody knows you're just trying to dump a guy, they're not going to give you anything worth a damn, especially in the NBA where they're like, oh, you got to match up these salaries. It's like, this dude's making – I don't even know what he was making, but then it's like, what, I got to give you back something for a guy? Maybe. It's a, it was a lot of money. Like, it was like $28 million. Enough. <laughs> Enough. I, I just think, like you said, he's out there killing it, grabbing rebounds, blocking shots, crushing it. What's funny, and though, is what when everyone cries about all the Brooklyn buyouts, and you're like, well, I mean, have you seen these guys ain't really helping this team? Oh, like Aldridge and, Aldridge honestly, and Griffin? I, well, let's talk about that real quick. Harden got hurt. Harden's been out what, for, for a week now. Yeah, right? he was like, I'm an MVP favorite. Everyone gets hurt when you're an MVP favorite. Take some time off now. He's like, Kevin's coming back. Okay, I'm going to go take some vacation time now. Because KD, he's back now too, right? He came back and played four minutes. And uh, that's it, right? What was the point? I don't. Clearly wasn't ready. We've said it before. I, I don't know what's going on with him, man. It's obviously something that's deeper than just a little injury he's supposed to just be coming back from. Uh, Who, Durant? Yeah, man. Comes back plays four minutes. No, no, James Harden. After he got the initial oh, injury, he came back. I think the next game he played four minutes. It's like, yeah, maybe you should take more time <laughs> before you reaggravate this, because that's what he did. And then they were like, he's going to be out ten days. See ya. I don't know. This Brooklyn team is a mess at times. Is an absolute mess and everyone wants to be like oh well these guys are on okay yeah that's great but first off let's get them on the court right that's number one let's keep them on the court Kyrie Jarn with Dennis Schroeder hey who won that debate Dennis Schroeder wins because yeah he's got 19 points but Dennis Schroeder ain't taking over a game like Kyrie can true I'll I'll get Dennis Schroeder tossed with Kyrie any day of the week (laughs) I'll take that yeah that's a win the win-win okay if I'm if I'm the Lakers so, th- never mind the fact that this guy will just be like, yeah, I'm out for three games, personal reasons. And it's like, <laughs> hey, we have a playoff game tomorrow. Like, it's like, yeah, I'll be back in three days, though. So. so, and you know, and now Harden's hurt and KD looks like he'll be okay, but you never know with tall guys and feet. Those things always become a problem. <laughs> Big guys and feet and shit. So, you know, like. Yeah, honestly, I. Durant and, and it seems like no matter what the East is deference uh is is destined to be the Nets versus the 76ers and it will be curious to see I I do just think though like when yeah, you, have you at, just brushed Milwaukee down the tube like that huh Look man uh, we yeah. talked I think we talked about this before Milwaukee is a great regular season team I think when they get to the playoffs though they they have Giannis I, I was talking about this with the comment that's what it was the week you weren't here they have Giannis who doesn't who's not playing right now? Who's not playing right now? Taking that time off. They have Drew Holiday, and yeah, they play great as a team. But what else does that team bring to you that scares you? What else are you like? Oh, Milwaukee's coming to town. Chris oh. Middleton can catch fire. I mean, sometimes. and that's about it, though. And if in my, and I think Drew Holiday is going to be a big difference for this team. I think you see it. I hope so. When Giannis doesn't play, I think you see the stability he brings. I. You know, I'm not saying because you know me personally. Like, if I'm taking a team in the East, I still love Philly. Um, but uh, 
because I think Joel Embiid is a problem, like a legitimate problem that yeah. people don't give you know enough thought into sometimes. They're like, oh, well, they'll just you know they'll shoot the lights out in Brooklyn. It's like, yeah, but this guy's gonna bang with all of you, and you guys can't rebound as it is. So even if they're missing corner threes, like this guy's there to put it back in. Oh yeah. So I uh, I don't know. We'll see. I don't just. I think your utter disdain from Milwaukee there was a little offensive. I, I just. I'm a realist, man. The last two, three years in the playoffs, what have they done? Yeah, that's a fair statement. That's all I'm not. But I'm, I'm, so when they show me they can make it to these conference finals, well, what has finals, Brooklyn done? I mean, they have three of the best ten players in the league, though. Really? Because they're not really on the court that often these I mean, days. But it's reason to. to you have three and of, that game got postponed tonight. You have three of the best ten players in the league. And, excuse me, and two of those guys have played together and already made the finals together. And one of those, and the other guy has already won a title. But so two of them like, have won a title. The only guy without a two, title two is Harden. Absolutely, but it's, that that's the reason why you believe in them, though. And by the way, none of those guys won titles together. They've all won them with other people. No, I listen. So, what I said just, was just those two made to the finals together, and then the other guy won a title. That's yeah, what I, I, I get I get that. But what I'm saying is that you know. Katie still still needed that Warriors team to get over that hump. Kyrie had LeBron. He made the shot, but Kyrie still had LeBron. Like, but now they have each other. That's my whole. Do point. they? Now they have they the can't stay on the court. I don't know, man. We'll we'll have to wait and see how it plays out because I mean we will see because they will make the playoffs, but that's not. So even without them on the court, they're still the number one seed in the East right now. No, I don't think they are anymore. They're tied. Are they? Tied? I just looked it up. Yeah, yeah, they're tied. Literally, they're tied with uh. They're tied with Philly, and then um, Milwaukee is three games back. So it's a little tight, and then everyone else is like, then you get the eight game. And then there's just a bunch of garbage (laughs) with Atlanta. But um, the the other thing I wanted to bring up is it's interesting. Everyone's been talking about wing players and wing players and the three point shot. This year really has turned into Joel Embiid, Jokic. Uh, go bad with the with the Jazz. It really has turned into the year of the big man again, with especially with LeBron out and even AD and drumming on the Lakers. So it's kind of interesting how everyone's been talking about the three ball and all this, but if you really look at it this year, it's really been about having a dominant big man again. Like you said, Embiid, you got to think either Embiid or Jokic is going to win the MVP at this point, right? I mean, I have money on neither, so it makes me sad. <laughs> but um, didn't see it going either this way, that's for sure. Well, you know, the thing is, the whole Joel Embiid thing, by the time I Got a chance. The odds weren't great when I wanted to. The odds were great, but I didn't get there in time. And then the thing about the Joel Embiid thing is you just go, you know the injury was coming, and it came, and it was there. And the only problem is LeBron got hurt. If LeBron never gets hurt, we would have just – Cruised right to the pay window. It would have been fine. But, but he's another one. He's thirty five years old now. You know doesn't what I mean? matter. My my point is, you knew it was going to happen. I mean, you no, figured, LeBron doesn't get hurt. Well, what happened to him right now? It's all I'm saying. It's all I'm Could saying. just be his Miami vacation time. I Could don't be. know. Could I don't know. Joel Space Jam though. needed reshoots. Joel and B was getting to the line at like a historic rate. They said like he was getting to the line at a rate that even Jordan and like James Harden wasn't getting into. And converting the free throws really kind of helped this case. Jokic. Jokic was beating up on everybody is the truth from everywhere all over the court. But, uh, yeah, like I said, with uh, Utah being in first place, and even Phoenix with DeAndre Ayton, there's a lot of big guys killing it this year, um, carrying their teams for the season. And uh, just when you thought the big man was dead, you turn around and boom, there they are. Um, Before we get out of here, I do want to ask you about this. I was a little confused with MMA this week. I was fucking lost. All right. Uh, One championship came on on Wednesday. Totally forgot about it. Didn't record it at all. Wasn't a great. Was not a great showing. I want to ask. Was not you, a good I, showing out. I did watch the first fight. What in the hell happened? Because was Eddie Alvarez won. Eddie Alvarez comes out. I think he's punching the guy in the side of the head. Nah, like he was definitely hit him in the back of the head. Then you see it. He's definitely hitting him in the back of the head. But here's my thing. He hit the guy six or seven times before the referee even starts the motion to like yeah, anything's right, wrong. What are you gonna do? Then all of a sudden he gets a red card disqualified. I'm just like. And it's kind of on the ref. And then the next thing happens, and you get the Demetrius Johnson fight. And I'd never really watched one just because of time differentials when this stuff comes yeah. on. Yeah, stuff's on at like you know two in the five a.m. or yeah, something yeah. like that sometimes. And like, I so I didn't know who this guy was fighting Johnson. And it, I find it funny we all found that out. it was you know if you follow enough about with MMA, Demetrius Johnson was one of those guys talking about. Hey man, when Aljamain Sterling took that knee, it's a you know knee should be legal because you know you're in a fight. Like why not? And then go co figure. He gets blasted with a knee when he's down, and it's legal in one. So 
uh, when I watched the clips, I was like, I'm a little, I was a little confused at first, but you're like, no, that's that's legal here. That's well, legal the here. craziest part is as legal as it is, and like even when we go back to Pride and like the the old days of the UFC when guys were fighting, the weight class wasn't even a thing. Yeah, but uh, fighting style that still just seems wrong yeah it does. when you see a guy get hit like that you just like so come vicious. on like it's i mean so what <sighs> like like the guy's defenseless and you just get hit so high that just like oh. the fact that you used to be able to soccer kick a guy in some of those things is even more insane so it's like just load up and it's take just this. a little too much you know what i mean yeah. but the the real treat though in that one thing was the last fight and i've never watched a muay thai Basically, is what it was. It was a Muay Thai fight. So that's all I've seen was the different Muay Thai and, bouts. I and that dropped in that on. guy is an animal onto no one I, else. I didn't like, see he that gets, fight. He got he just I don't know. He just he picked him apart. You no, I mean the other guy started coming back a little bit, but it was like I can't. I want to say his name's Rotang, Rutang, something of that nature. I'm getting it wrong. Yo, the other guy would hit him, and it was like he just like he was just taking a stroll. It was unheard of <laughs> the way he was just him. walking was through these him. shots, and it was just like. <laughs> Wow, okay. But then I'm like, eh, you know, it's a Muay Thai fight. It's not. It is what it is. You'll right. see what, but. Um, so how do they do it? Did, they don't, do they do it all in the same cage from the same venue? Yes. Do they, do they, is it. It was in Singapore, in, I believe. Is it all in octagon? So they, do they switch the ropes? So is it all Ooh, in the same no, cage? No, it was all in a cage. Do they have different commentators for the different style of fights? Because I saw I, there I was like. I couldn't tell you because I don't, I don't know enough of one to know if things really. It sounded like they just had one commentator commentary team but um yeah because i started watching without the volume on and i saw uh i forget the guy's name it was rich franklin it was rich franklin right it was rich franklin look took at, me a second look at, i was look like at, look at stout for yeah, a second I, I was like hold on who's that definitely like, can't take a punch but uh at that, this point probably over there? but uh, like, yeah oh. rich um, franklin looking built but uh but they, but they kicked it down to like a to, to an asian announce team and i didn't know if that was like the muay thai muay thai announce team so and the mma announce team like you know what i mean that's that's what i was getting the feel of okay maybe that is what happened and maybe i just missed it i was just in awe of the way this guy was walking <laughs> through punches but like if you noticed the announcer was also the third man of with franklin and the other guy who seemed like he might have been english so like he'd go down there he'd do the announcement and then he'd Right back up there. So okay, um, I forget the English guy's name. It's pissed me off. That's why. But you know, it wasn't a stellar debut for one. Uh, was it just just three fights they had. They had other ones on a prelim. I think they were on like YouTube. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. As far as the main card, there was just those three fights, and then the disqualification out the gate. That's not how you get people <laughs> on board. So, <laughs> that that wasn't a good way to hook people. Right. They actually, the, uh, you know, thinking about it, there was a lot of MMA this weekend. Because you had, you had Bellator on Friday. So I, I totally missed the Bellator. Well, because Bellator showtime like now, jumped though, right? to Showtime and that, nobody knows. That's what I was saying. So I saw the commercials for it, but I was like, my I had it recorded, set to record. I was like, it's not set to record on Showtime anymore. That's for sure. I was like, it's not You'd have to still gone. be taping like Elite XC to know it was on Showtime, but that's also gone too. Right. Um, so what happened on that? Did you just catch any of that? Did you even know what happened? Uh, Did anything yeah, Beta just happen? beat up Leo to Machida for a good four rounds after the first. Yeah. But, you know, that was presumed to happen. You know, I I saw one thing where I was like, you know, the one thing they talked about, oh, it just shows you that the best talent in the world's not in the UFC. And I'm not going to jump all over the UFC and say, yes, it is, because there are guys who are talented outside of the UFC. But they always end up in the UFC. So right. it's right. – um, it's really the place you, I guess, aspire to be right now in the MMA world. I don't want to say it's the only place. Because, you know, you got guys like Ryan Bader who left, and now you're a bigger deal in Bellator. Same thing with Corey Anderson, who's part of this light heavyweight Grand Prix. But you start looking at it, and it's like, oh, it's like, yeah, some of these guys leave for more money, but some of these guys end up in Bellator because the name's still there, and that's how they can sell. Because the Dragon's right. washed at this point. Oh, of like, course. You know what I mean? And some guys don't you know, deserve Yoel Romero got cut. He's back there. Anthony Johnson's over in Bellator now, but more so because he's just, I want to fight. I don't want to fight. I'm retired. I'm back. You know, it's like, yeah, so what? Don't. it is what it is. And, you know, fighters complain about, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know what the payout structure and how things work. You know, they just, the Reebok deal's over, and now they got Venom. I, that was so, one of the things I asked you. Was that just ran out? Well, it was, it it, like it was just a year ago. In March. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Right? But it, it's been like far six years, one oh, of them. Man. But, uh, you know, the thing with that is it's just you, when you, when I don't know what the payout structure is, and I know some of these guys are mad, like, oh, we got the promotions from all these places. But, like, sometimes it's like I don't need my fighter to look like a NASCAR car. 
Right in the in the octagon, right. I also maybe don't need the full uniformity. If like, I can get some extra money for you know a patch or two, sure, let him let him get his money. But uh, you know, for the most part, Bellator sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I don't know if the talent's really there. I mean, you see it sometimes. You get Michael Chandler and some of these guys come out of there. Patricio Pitbull is a uh, he's special. But how long before he's not there anymore? Yeah, it's honestly, you know it's, what I mean. It's cool to record and just like make sure there's like I'm not missing anything like huge and any like real good knockouts or anything. But it's it's something it's not easy to follow religiously just because there's a couple of really good fighters who could be better than everybody else. But it's like like you said, most of the guys are either washed or are there for another reason. And it's just like I do like the fact that there's competition though. I gotta say that I like the fact that there can be other organizations and like. Everyone just have to doesn't have to revolve around the UFC and like like I like back in the day when there was a strike force and there was uh and uh what's his name Fedor was like often trying to pull God knows what with the Russian government. But you know, but, but you like, know what's funny? The thing about that is that the UFC, for what it is even now, like it's really starting to and I, I commend them for really putting on a product during you know the past year and still being that drive forward for that. But these cards, man, they are mediocre at best sometimes yeah and it's like i understand yeah some of them are on espn plus and you know they had this last one that on abc but like three o'clock on a saturday on abc with, with a card that's not drawing eyes is like how do you don't bring people to the product that way but you know, I, I don't know because what would they? It was noon in Vegas, so uh, like, exactly why, why? I don't know if it was. Uh, I didn't get it. A, had to be. It had to be because the NBA is on ABC at night on Saturday, Saturday primetime. Now that I think about it, but I guess. But then put it on ESPN Plus and find a different or ESPN like put it in a time slot where people actually give a damn. No. I didn't watch Kevin Holland get mauled around for five rounds, but I heard that's what happened. Yeah, honestly, so I, I totally forgot. I thought it was on on Sunday, to be honest with you. And then because the flyer I saw it said April 11th, and I put it on, I actually caught it later on that night entirely, and I saw the Kevin Holland fight, and I was like, I, I didn't feel like I missed anything at all. Well, that's and that's the and thing. That's the like, it's it's a subpar card to begin with. It was your prelims start on one channel in ESPN, then you want people to move over to ABC against the Masters and other aspects. It's like, yeah, why, or they're just not in the house. So what? I don't know. What are they gonna do? They want seventy dollars for every pay per view, which is wild. Too, I told so. you, man. It's the whole structure, man. It's like, no, yeah. You want you want to see the good stuff? Yeah, no. Just just uh, just pay us a thousand dollars a year, and we'll show you all the good stuff. And then everything other than that, um, you guys are on your own with. It's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous. But like we said before, hopefully we get back some to some better fight cards. Um, this is it. This weekend, it's the seventeenth. This weekend, we get a. It is the seventeenth. This weekend is it? Is it UFC two sixty? Or is it the twenty fourth? I forget what we said last week. I should have had it pulled up. I had to reset There's it. A, the, you know, they'll have – they have three title fights on one of the upcoming, you know, Usman Masvidal and Shevchenko's fighting Andrade and Nami Yusuf's fighting Weili Zhang. But, again, you know, the, they just had the March 6th card where Sterling wins on a DQ. Nunes just walks through the woman. And exactly. then it was a decent fight between Bohovic and Adesanya. But – I'll be really interested to see actually when they do come back with that card and they have fans again if the environment changes because it does make a difference. It makes a huge it makes a difference. Big man. difference in the product. And I noticed that big time just watching WrestleMania this weekend. So Yeah. What are you we'll see what well, part of me says do they go the other way though and just put any any old fights out there knowing that people are gonna pay to show up. It sucks to say, but you know what I mean? Like rather than giving you quality fights, like we'll it go the other way and we get even more crappy fights where they just put shit out there basically. I don't, you know, the just because they know people are gonna show up and pay for it is, no matter I don't, what. I don't want to I don't want to say fights are crappy because like to uh, get into right. the octagon and to do what these guys do right. is, is crazy. But like the problem is is like there's you have to find talent and that's how you get to those stars. Like you got they gotta show out on these other undercards when they're basically nobodies and nobody knows their name at that point. But the problem is is like sometimes I think the dearth is too deep. And that they just they're just throwing things together, like whether like before they were a lot more selective about who they had on cards and who was fighting and giving people shots. Like that's why you have Dana White's contender series. Like 
I don't want to see. You know, I was just gonna say that. Do, do they have like another contenders like show almost on the air and, and like they on have ES- Dana White's contender series? But like it's have on, it on it ESPN, like where people can see it and see plus. and see some of these guys fight. Like you know what I mean? Because that's part of it. Like you know what I mean, if you a lot of those fights, so you count, gotta get a following. They they count as professional fights, right? The fights they have on those shows. I mean, they didn't Ultimate Fighter, right? No, they didn't on the Ultimate Fighter. Oh, they didn't they did. until the finale. Okay. Okay. Well, my point is, I mean, the, the, that could be a way to get Which those is fighters also coming out. back. Ooh, it could be a way to put those fighters out there, get eyeballs on them, and also give you an attachment to some of these fighters and watch them kind of work their way up. Whereas you just turn into a fight night card, hoping to watch something good. Now you got to watch the 16th best lightweight. Well, wait, wait, see, see if he can get his chance against yeah. fucking established veteran. You know what I mean? It's just like I don't know. It seems like if they sectioned it off a little bit better and it made it seem like. These are your main quote unquote tier guys, and these are the guys working their way up. Well, I mean, they have yeah. their rankings, but I guess you know sometimes it falls on the athlete too. Like sometimes those guys just don't show up, and you know some guys are going to give you fireworks, and some guys are there to collect a check. So true. Well, like you said, hopefully going forward this weekend, uh, this show will fucking put on some more fireworks. Um, it is this week. I'm pretty sure it was April 17th. There was another show, then the 24th. Um, like I said, I forget which pay per view was the the Maz Vidal one. But I want to say that was the 24th. You looking up right now? Could be right, but I'm not. Oh, no, because, yeah, because this upcoming week is Gastelum Whitaker. Yeah, yeah. Was, they're, I couldn't, they're fighting I, I couldn't week. think of the film fight. That. Yeah, now that I think um, that, That's on ESPN Plus, right? Probably. Yeah. So we got ESPN Plus this week and then the pay-per-view next week for the, with the title fights on it. A um, lot of good NBA action. A lot of good MLB stuff coming up. I know you haven't been following the Red Sox stuff, but the Red Sox actually been kicking some ass. Yet again, I will tell you. No one cares. People care. People no, care. you know how I know no one cares because I spoke to a Red Sox fan. And I was like, "Hey, rough start." And you know, when they started zero and three, you know what he told me? One hundred and fifty nine more to go. That's ridiculous. Hey, they're doing okay right now. We'll see how the other one hundred and fifty three. I think uh, they have left to go. Um, Bruins made a big trade today. Uh, the NFL, NFL draft is in <laughs> they, two weeks. They traded for the guy that they couldn't get when they got the top pick after they traded away the guy they did get. I was years like, Taylor, ago. is that you? Whatever. Uh, is that you? You finally Whatever. coming home? Yeah. Full circle, baby. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, let's see. What was it? The NBA? I don't know. Now I, and now I got too infatuated tail hole to remember what the hell I was going to say. Um, see, now I'm going to get home and be like, that's right. Freak off. Ah, uh, who cares? Baseball's dead. Well, hockey, it's moving on. But the Bruins oh, got that's what it waxed was. last night. Yikes. The Bruins got waxed. Of course they got waxed because Jesse went to go see him live and he's bad luck. Um, so, of course, they got killed. <laughs> I'm glad he got such a terrible game. Yeah, Tell he, him I said that. He got, himself, he, listens. he got himself a nice sweet and they got their asses whipped. That was, that was so appropriate. Um, <laughs> but the other thing, speaking of hockey, and it actually was that. Congratulations to UMass Amherst. The first national championship in UMass history. They won the Frozen Four, dude. They actually won handily, beat the team in the national championship game five to nothing. UMass is the national NCAA hockey champion. Congratulations. Sure. That's worth it. <laughs> this guy, not not as a not that I'm at all. not impressed. It's just what do we want me to say? Hate, I know hate. nothing about it. And there we go. It was pretty cool. Massachusetts brings home another championship yet again. And we will leave on that. Boy. For Anthony, as always, I am Justin. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Loud Sports Show. We will be back, as always, next week.